Hi, Nicole. Hey, Stu. No... Hey, hello, John. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, too. I'm trying to make you bigger here. Okay, now you're bigger. All right. You got a little Hi. bigger, too. Yeah, just my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad I thought of it. I know. Thanks for reaching out. I, we would have thought we would have we would have hunted you down eventually anyway. I know. I, I got I got the message from you. I think so. Yes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for reminding me to remind you. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um. So this is so John and I just do this for fun. Um. <laughs> We just got together and um, we just, you know, I've always had a passion for students and the older that I get, the more that I want to just pour into them and contribute to them. So John and I got together and decided to do a podcast and our whole objective is to provide value for chiropractic students and new graduates. So um, I sent you over some questions, Sweet. but you know, we really just want to have fun with it and in enjoy it and um if, if we must. Yeah, if you want to go out of the questions, you're, you're welcome to do that. I was going to tell you that the published author question is probably not going to lead to the much value because you can't even find the book anymore. When did you... I may, I may have the only copy left. My, my, my mom and I have about the only two copies left. <laughs> you can get them on you can get them on Amazon, but it's like like half really silly and stuff. I I I guess I'd prefer that we don't get into the published author, okay. author question. Okay. I'll take it out. Hold on. Uh, there's enough stuff. There's enough other stuff I'm doing in in question number or whatever it is. There's a lot that you're doing. So Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, there's a lot that you're doing. Stuff I don't even know. So I, I'm excited for our time together to just get to know what you're doing. Because last time I last time I saw you personally, it was at New Beginnings. And you were just on the cusp. You were like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm supposed to do something different and I have another my next purpose. So that's and, it, and it's a good thing I started thinking about that when I did, huh? Because yeah. who knew? Exactly. <laughs> Who knew I'd never have to buy another pair of pants? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. That's cool. Thank you. So we're re we're actually recording now. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do like a little intro. I'll introduce myself. John, you can introduce yourself like you usually do, and then we'll jump into the questions. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Cool. So um, all right. Hey everybody and welcome to Taproot Conversations. I'm Dr. Nicole Bonner, I'm a chiropractor in New Jersey. And I'm Dr. John D'Ambrosio, also a chiropractor in New Jersey. And we are here today with a very special guest, Dr. Stu Bittman. Stu, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you. Uh, I'm not a chiropractor from New Jersey. That's oh, the you're first not. thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a chiropractor originally from Queens. So not too far Close off, but, but now then I was a chiropractor in Lake Tahoe in California for 24 years. I retired about 10 years ago. 
was into a non-denominational sort of uh, new thought ministry thing for a while. And uh, now I'm back serving chiropractic though, not adjusting too many people, at least not directly. Nice. Okay. We have a lot to get into today. So I can't you, wait. I know. I think it's all right. Let's rewind. <laughs> okay. All right. And let's start at the beginning of the stories. What made you decide to become a chiropractor? What inspired you to do this? Thank you, because that first one was a pretty short story for a 64-year-old <laughs> person. <laughs> story just gets longer and longer. Um, well, that story's not all that interesting. It's pretty mundane. I hurt myself. Uh um, you know, my dad had seen a chiropractor when I was a kid, when his back went out, kind of thing. I put that in quotes, everybody will explain that later. And, um, and so didn't really think about chiropractic, but I went to school for biology and psychology. I had a physiology background. So I hurt myself on the job when I was working at Harris Tahoe Casino. <laughs> That's where it all began. And started to see a chiropractor who was a regular poker player. And my wife was a poker dealer. Uh, strange things can happen in mysterious ways, right? And so I started to see this guy and was very impressed with what he did. Um, and then one day through talking to me, and obviously I held my end of the conversation because I had a background in such things. He said, why don't you go to school, chiropractic school, and come work with me? So I had been working in the casino for like three years and knew that was not the career that I was really looking for. So I said, sure. <laughs> and uh, that's how it started. And what school did you end up going to then? Was it one that he recommended or did you do some research on your own? He recommended four different schools. I have to say they would not be the top four schools I would recommend to anybody <laughs> at this point, but that was where he was at and uh, okay. I, didn't know any, I didn't know any better. So uh, I, I came down to a choice between National College, which he went to, which has changed the name now. So I'm sorry, the one in Chicago and um, CMCC uh, in Canada. And so I, I thought Toronto would be cooler. So, I mean, you know, not temperature wise, but cool wise. So, so I made that great, you know, great decision to go to Canada. And it was, I left after a year because we couldn't afford to stay there. People told us we wouldn't be able to work, but we chose not to believe it, even though it was true. And then um, went to LACC, which has also changed its name. So if, I guess if you have a chiropractic school that you want to change your name of, send me there. <laughs> because it's the, the two I went to have changed their names. They're now, they've both now taken chiropractic out of their names, which I think is actually quite honest. Why Sadly, yes. I, why, share with our audience why you say that. Because it, they didn't teach what I was later to learn was chiropractic. That's that's the most straightforward way. I mean, obviously, people would disagree with me on that, but it was, uh, and it was a great education. It was magnificent biomechanics and physiology, and you know, if, if I was to uh, have intended to be a medical manipulator or something, it would have been uh, spectacular schools to go to. But but the the philosophy of chiropractic was missing. We at LACC we literally spent one class session talking about the Palmers. 
and and it was all ridicule. Wow. So when that was, was that. What year? <laughs> um, I started at CMCC 1982, September 1982, and transferred after a year. So graduated from LACC in 86, April of 86. Got it. So I think that's fascinating yeah. because, you know, you can really see, I mean, I, I guess I wonder, I graduated in 2000. John, when did you graduate? 93. 1993. <laughs> Thanks and for clearing that up, John. 1893. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say we took we took our exams on clay tablets and yes. with chisels. <laughs> but I do think the timeline is kind of fascinating because I always wonder in my mind what was the point that we started teaching medicine in chiropractic school instead of chiropractic. I think DD started doing that while he was still alive. I, I think not really DD, but people who were students of his. Mm -hmm. And there were a whole bunch of schools opening up all over the country at the beginning. And, you know, some of them were students who had been medical doctors mm -hmm. and went to Davenport and learned chiropractic. And then they started using both, which is why they earned the term mixer from mm -hmm. DD which you know, is one of the many unfortunate terms we've come up with in our history. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It started before my time. I think that's interesting, though, that you, you went to school to be a chiropractor um, based on knowing somebody who helped you, went to a school that they recommended, and then transferred to another school. None of them had the philosophy, yet here you are, a totally different person. What changed that course? What made you not become one of those um, medical practitioners who uh, manipulate for pain relief. Well, I, I mean, I did for a few years. I did. Okay. I did become that. I did uh, do what I learned to do, um, but it was very unfulfilling. It was it was very kind of scary because I really didn't have a clear idea what I was doing, and so I, I actually remember being nervous when new patients were supposed to come in because I, you know, I guess maybe. In retrospect, I could see that there was something huge missing for me, or there was something not quite congruent for me. Uh, I don't think I was really buying what I was selling, if you know what I mean. Right. And then, you know, I, uh, somebody talks me to, into going to a Parker seminar, which was the big seminar in those days. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they were great because everybody spoke there, including principal, you know, my kind of chiropractors now. So that was the first time I heard, that's a story, the first time I heard what I consider to be the principle of chiropractic, the philosophy of chiropractic was from Jim Sigafoos, a good guy to hear it from. But the first time I heard it was 1989 and I was not ready yet. <laughs> this was my first Parker seminar. So I like stormed out of the room about a third of the way through. Because I, you know, it was just too much to me, I, and I remember the very line that sent me scurrying for the exits was something about the body being able to heal any disease known to man. I, I don't know why that would have bothered me so much, but I, you know, I guess I thought I was supposed to be the one healing any disease. I, I don't know. It just did not, and, and that's cool because of, you know we're going to get to this question, I'm sure, uh, about my influences, but, you know, Sigafus became my main man, my main mentor, uh, good friend, traveled the world together for years, 
And, uh, you know, and he had a similar story the first time he heard the philosophy of chiropractic because he graduated from National College in Chicago, was from Sid Williams and Sid Williams sent him scurrying out of the room. <laughs> so he, apparently you have to be sent scurrying out of the room to have a really successful career based on the philosophy of chiropractic. So, yeah, so when I heard, you know, I, Essentially, I went back to Parker the next year because I had a bunch of new patients from going to the first one. I, I got absolutely nothing out of it as far as changing my mind about anything. But somehow that next experience, everybody touched my heart. Everybody said something that either made me question everything I'd believed before or I've started already helping to fill in the gap of the foundation of, uh, you know, because my belief system was science. And, and, you know, I was to find out that science, you know, at best is an attempt to explain what already is. It really shouldn't be the basis of anything. Oh, this is kind of timely, isn't it? But yes. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's uh, when I got it, so to speak, I just went everywhere where they were talking about it and read everything I could read about it. And, and, and even though I didn't understand it at first, and even though it sounded still kind of wacky to me, I, I just decided, and I didn't decide, it just filled this huge space in my chest mm -hmm. for the first time in my life. Like, I didn't even know that something existed that could do that. Mm -hmm. And then to find it in the very profession that I had stumbled into was, you know, was pretty cool. That's very cool. And who else were your mentors? Who kind of drew you in besides uh, Sigafoos? A lot of these speakers at Parker that <laughs> may or may not have heard of anymore, but um, John D. Martini always had a big influence on me. Um, Reggie Gold's never spoke at Parker that I know, of, but I started to go to everything he did because his communication stuff was amazing, and I needed that because I had no idea how to tell anybody that you know this filled a hole in my chest. Didn't really seem like <laughs> enough to say, you know, so. He was the master to me in communication. And Dick Santo, another chiropractor from New Jersey, mm -hmm. yep. who used to co-teach something called The Gathering with Sigafoos. Uh, Dickie may have been as influential as anybody on, on me because he took everything Sigafoos said and brought it down to earth. <laughs> he, he took everything Sigafoos said and brought it actually to sort of an educated level that I could relate to. So it, it was they were a great combination, uh, the two of them. Yeah, it was, and it's it's been uh, it's been a long time, and it's still happening. It's still still evolving. I'm still I'm still uh, owning it more and more, as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going outside of the questions a little bit, but I'm really curious. So that's awesome. The first time I heard when I. When I knew I wanted to become a chiropractor, I had a similar experience. It was at New Beginnings, and um, I was 16 years old. Um, I went with my good friend and your good friend and your good friend, Anita Mylon, and I heard Sig speak, and I was like, that just resonates with me. I didn't go scurrying. I was a weird one. <laughs> I was a weird one. I was like, that's what I want to do. Uh, so today... You know, a lot of these students and new graduates that I'm on the phone with and that I'm working with, it's a it's a big problem because they're so confused and they're so lost. 
And um, where would you, Sue, where would you recommend, you know, them look for some resources to get what we had? We were so blessed to have that and we had exposure to it, but these students are just, don't know where to go. They all had that void in their chest and they needed filled. Where yeah. can they go? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I mean, New Beginnings, DE, um, somewhere where they actually talk about the philosophy. Um, I mean, resources resources are a plenty if you look for them. I mean, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know where to find it, but my desire to find it was so strong. It's easier to find it now. And, and all the stuff's online. So, you know, yeah. Sigaf there's Sigafoo's weekly Facebook group where you could kind of get all of his stuff. Um, you could you could check me out because you know I'm I'm a sort of a walking incarnation of those guys at least <laughs> the ones who are still walking, and uh, so it, so it's not hard to find. It's it's not hard to find, especially if you do have a hole in your chest because every day of your life you're gonna probably on some level at least seek to get that hole filled. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think the problem is. A lot of people, at least in our profession, don't know the other side of the story. They just feel like they're doing what they're doing. They're in their minds doing it the best they can, but they're missing such a huge piece and they have no idea that piece even exists. And, and thank you for saying that because I don't want to minimize what these chiropractors are doing. <laughs> you know, if you're helping people, you're doing a wonderful service for mankind. I think you're just doing yourself a bit of a disservice if you don't find out everything that we have to offer and, and everything that you have to offer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not gonna minimize or negate what you do. I, I help people all along the way. I mean, I've run the whole gamut and I try to remember this when I tend to wanna judge other chiropractors. I always felt like I was doing the best I could and I always felt like I was helping people and I bet people would tell you that I helped them. So, and it doesn't have to be either or. You know, I, I, this is where I'm kind of not at now. It can be like, yes, and. I mean, people with back pain and headaches need chiropractic care too. <laughs> and, and it's okay if their headaches and their back pain go away. You know I mean? As, as I get older, I, I'm into that more and more. <laughs> you know, it, any sort of natural way to, to allow me to feel better is okay. It's just not, it's just a fraction of what chiropractic has to offer. So. Yes, and I mean, when people, if, if I was still in practice, they came in to see me, I, I would never try. I mean, I didn't do this then, but I would never make them wrong. I, I would never say that's, that's ridiculous. This is what it is. You know, everything you've believed your entire life is wrong. Everything, it's just not all of it. So let me tell you something else. Let me, let me give you, you know, yes, I, I acknowledge you want your pain gone, but, but why, you know, like, <laughs> How would your life be different if you didn't have the pain? What, what qualities of life might you be able to enjoy? Because, you know, not only does that steer people more towards what we really do, but that's what they want. You know, I mean, they tell yeah. you they want the pain to go away, but they want to pick up their grandkids. They, they want to <laughs> engage in life. They want to, they want to experience love and engage in the world and, and feel safer in the world. And, they, and these are all things we have to offer people. 
So, so yeah, I guess so limiting what we do to what people may think we do or what we learn at school even. Just, so just hold the fact, the point now that it may not be all of it. it. It's not wrong, it's not bad. There's just more and you need probably, you know, you may need to get out of school <laughs> before you discover all of it. I'm still discovering some of it again. So does that answer yeah. your question? I mean, <laughs> not even I think sure what the question was. Great but. answer. Because, you know, um, to that point, a lot of people, you know, if you go into a store to, and looking to buy a suit and someone tries to sell you a refrigerator, you don't want the refrigerator, you want the suit. And it's the same thing. You have to kind of meet people where they're at. And, yeah. you know, maybe they'll see the need for the refrigerator once right. you help them with the suit. Do you, well, yeah, I mean, you're going to want to look good in front yeah. of your refrigerator when you, <laughs> when you get your suit. <laughs> so that's the thing, you know, so I, I, I also didn't necessarily stuff it down their throats, but if they came in to see me, I, I assumed they wanted more information or they wanted, you know, the best I could offer them. So I never felt the least bit guilty or anything about, about at least pointing out that there may be more to this mm -hmm. than you thought or bargained for or were told or we've told because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think we've done the best job. No. That's why we're here. So yeah, uh, well, bless you for that. Thank you. Welcome. So this was really cool. So um, I'm going to share your mission with our listeners. And um, I read your mission is to quote to awaken the awareness of oneness between the the spiritual and the physical. So can you explain to our listeners um, what does that mean to you, and how should we apply it? How can it be applied to chiropractic? Well, I kind of stole that from the founder, um, whose birthday it was a couple of days ago. We knew that, right? Okay. Well, well I believe, I, I may get the quote not exactly right, but the, the, uh, essentially the duty of the chiropractor was to rack the skeletal system in order to reunite man the physical and man the spiritual. His son was into that message so much so that got kind of lost for a while but for me that's always been what it is and and it starts i don't know if we can actually reunite them because i don't think they're ever separate <laughs> but we help people in their awareness to realize that they're not separate and we remove interference so people can enjoy the fact that they're not separate um I'm trying to answer this without getting too wacky for, especially for students. But, you know, for me, innate intelligence, we might as well use its full name. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to be on a first name basis with it, but innate intelligence represents our truest essence, our wholeness, and our connection to everything else in the universe through that intelligence, because it's part and parcel of universal intelligence. So, that wholeness is the only reason why anybody could ever heal from anything. Because if people weren't already whole, healing would be impossible. Right. So, so we, we need to apply at least an awareness of this because we're healers. <laughs> and, and, and honoring the wholeness, honoring the innate potential, honoring the fact that they have the greatest doctor in the universe inside of them already, and it's working 24 seven, is the essence of chiropractic. It's what sets us apart from everything else. 
And so a lot of the stuff that I realized I was doing for many years in the name of, you know, and with good intentions, because it's what I learned in school, may not have been the best thing for a chiropractor because it was doing more than that. And, and, and I think when we do more than that, it tends to get in the way of what we can do. And, and so for me to hold a vision that the, what I want for this person is not to be in back pain, it's not a bad thing, but it's not as big a vision for them as for them to step into their bigness, their wholeness, their greatness, their gifts, their power, their, their you know, because everybody who comes to see every chiropractor is another potential Gandhi or Martin Luther King or, you know, and I, and, and I want to, and I, someday I want to be able to say, you know, I had a hand in that by, <laughs> By holding that vision for them, not that I created that, not that I know anything about being a Gandhi or a Martin Luther King, but you know, they probably do. It, it, is, is that making any sense? I hope, yes. Okay, it good. absolutely is, it, it is. And how can you now take that and allow students to then immerse themselves in that same sort of thought process and philosophy? I, it, it's kind of a similar question to the where can I fill the hole in my chest? So, right. um, hey, how about reading chiropractic stuff? Is that allowed when you're in chiropractic school? Probably not in the classroom, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, no, but but you know, I mean, you all, you all have plenty of time on your hands, mm -hmm. I'm sure. But it might be a good habit to read some of the foundational literature of our own profession. You know, it, it was kind of mind-boggling when I graduated that we that wasn't part of the curriculum, but I know in some schools it is, but again, um, you know, read BJ, you know, if you, if you don't mind starting a sentence on page two and not having it finished until about page 16, it, it, you know, it's not the easiest to read, but we had brilliant people, I, people ahead of their time, people like mm -hmm. talking about this stuff now that is it may not be mainstream in the chiropractic profession, but you can't look at a bestseller list without seeing five of the 10 books about this very stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't call it chiropractic. And most of them don't have a tool, a, a practical thing, a, a, a thing, something, a practice to help put that principle into effect. It's just ideas. And people buy those ideas by the millions in these books. And yet chiropractors, you know, not the ones who haven't been exposed to it or have never heard it, but a lot of chiropractors are afraid to tell people what people are, you know, spending millions of dollars to buy books to find out. <laughs> so the principles of wholeness and oneness and, and all that, that's, that's not unique to chiropractic even, that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Check it out, start looking for it. Yeah, and even if you don't have a full grasp of it, even if you don't, even if you can't explain it to somebody, even if intellectually it's still a mystery or whatever, just see if you can hold it. See if you can hold it as an idea. Again, if it resonates, if it fills a little tiny crack in your heart at this point, hold it, fill it, nurture it, feed it every day, and you'll see what happens. You'll see what happens. Same thing. You'll, you, you know, if, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I was the valedictorian at LACC. I, I was well-versed in what chiropractic isn't. I had a lot more, I had a lot more to unlearn than most people. I've memorized the freaking Merck manual. I had, I have this kind of memory. I got 
800s on all my national boards. I was disgusting and very unpopular, as you might imagine. But, you know, and then, and then that had nothing to do with anything. Not a single person ever asked me what the classic triad of von Whipple's disease was or, or any of that stuff that I had tucked away in my brain. So, so if you hold this idea and you resonate with it, then make it the foundation of everything you learn. Because, wow, if I had understood innate while I was taking physiology, I would have been more impressed with innate than I am. Even now, it's like, wow. I mean, as impressed, I could memorize the Krebs cycle. It never occurred to me that every single mitochondrion in my body was doing it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty humbling, and it's, it's humbling in a wonderful way to embrace what our, what our profession is, uh, excuse the expression, really about because it's, it's incredible and it, and it applies to everything. So instead of like learning everything and then trying to fit it into chiropractic philosophy, use the philosophy as the baseline, the, the undercard of everything you learn. And you know, there are schools that are actually trying to do this now, what, what an idea. It's a beautiful idea because it doesn't, it doesn't negate science. It doesn't negate biomechanics. It doesn't negate, you know, uh, and receptors, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't negate anything. It's just all, and you know, it becomes incredible evidence for how we're already whole. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's as simple as just, like you had said, changing the lens. You take the medical lens off and put the chiropractic lens on and look at all the information the same way. It doesn't change information, it just changes how amazing that information really is. And it may render the information a little easier to use sometime mm -hmm. in the future because <laughs> otherwise it's just all sitting here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, supporting me, I guess, in some way. And it was it was fun to learn all the stuff. But yes, it, it all matters if you look at it through that lens. Yeah, that's very good, John. Thank you. Thanks. So let's switch gears a little bit. So for 23 years, um, you and your wife, Hillary, um, ran Safe Haven Chiropractic, um, which was based on donations. And you probably never knew this, but I've always admired your, um, your style of practice. So we call it box on the wall. So that's I think a foreign way to practice for new graduates and students coming out of school. So can you talk a little bit about um, what that was, what it was like practicing that way and how, how does that work? Like, what is that all about? It, well, our box was on the back of the front desk, but <laughs> it's kind of the same idea. Um, Literally, people would get adjusted and come out and put as much money as they could in the box. And that was our fee system. A, a, it's, it's even less popular maybe than it was. Uh, at one time, there were a bunch of people around the country doing it, mostly in your part of the world. Um, and people have done it different ways with different criteria and, you know, and some people have done it where you actually and, and and the person who started it george spears i think it was 
people would they would sit down and they would he would sit down with the patient and they would come up with an amount that that was what the person was going to pay and the person would sign a contract and all this kind of stuff. So it, it doesn't matter how you do it. The idea is the same. It's it's to uh, allow people to get the care for the most they can afford. So I had heard that I heard Reggie Gold talk about doing that. Uh, it sounded wonderful to me at first, only because I didn't like dealing with money and asking people for money. So how cool. But I'm really glad I didn't do it. And this was probably five or six years before I actually started doing it because that's a terrible reason to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good reason to do it. I, through my evolution and through serving people and finding out that when I served with as little attachment or less and less attachment to things that don't matter, <laughs> I mean, money matters. They tend to ask me for it when I go to the supermarket and stuff, but it's not the most important thing to me in that relationship. And I don't want to get attached to it. I don't want it affecting what I do and people's opinions of me and people and whether people get the results they were looking for. None of these things to me were important. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I didn't want any of those things getting in the way. And one of the ways I accomplished that was at least the financial end of things was by doing the box. And I have to say that I probably never would have done it if I didn't go to Panama and do some mission work. I went to, on the first four Panama missions, and I don't know if you know about the Panama missions, but uh, real quickly, the second time we went, we adjusted like, I don't want to get this wrong, like 220,000 people in a week. Wow. The third time, and there were a lot of chiropractors, the third time was about 150 chiropractors, but we adjusted like 400,000 people in wow. six days. People would line up by the thousands. We'd go into gym packed gymnasium. It was the most unbelievable seven experiences of my life, I have to say, my chiropractic life. But how it relates to what we're talking about now is I, I couldn't attach to anything that I had been trained to attach to. I couldn't speak to the people. I didn't have enough time to follow up. I, it, was, it was about the furthest thing from like results oriented or... And the people in Panama was just like a healing experience for them. And even though... Some of them waited for hours. I mean, we'd show up at nine and we'd find out they were lining up at five. And some of them had walked for miles and miles and they were carrying people and wheeling people. In. And then we would adjust them and it would take eight seconds. And not once did somebody stand up and say, that's it. <laughs> no, man, we got kissed and blessed and given lottery tickets and food and chickens and... And so I'm like, you know, why do I go to Panama and practice chiropractic and then go back to Lake Tahoe and, and play this game? Yeah, and, and I know so many people, it's not a game. So, so it got to the point after the second mission, because I'm a bit of a slow learner, where I could not not do it. And that's when I did it. <laughs> and how did that change your your life and your practice and your philosophy, everything. Well, I lost all my insurance patients, first of all. <laughs> but that was okay. I, I didn't lose them all. You know, it was the first time I started telling people about what real insurance, what real health insurance is. But um, 
it was freeing. It was, I was never before as present, as able to just love people, as just able to show up and give myself away and my service away with absolute faith, certainty, and belief that I would be more than taken care of. I used to tell people, I'm not working for you. And did most people get it? You know, I, I don't know at what level, but they got it enough. Okay. They came. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it, it brought up stuff for people. It wasn't like the end-all, cure-all of all financial difficulties in chiropractic. I had people who wouldn't come in because they didn't feel good about what they were able to put in the box. Okay. You no, know, even though I told them there's a law of exchange. You, if it's the most you can pay, that satisfies. You know, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't in your mind, then hey, come over and shovel my driveway. I, I, I'll kiss you, you know, or, or, or tell somebody else about it. You know, there's so many ways to give back. But since you're not, since I'm not working for you, you don't necessarily have to, have to give it back to me. Give it back to the universe. Give it, you know, pay it forward. This was before pay it forward. <laughs> we, we, and when people asked me why I was doing it, my short answer was we're attempting to create the kind of world that we want to live in. So, and we're still doing it. We, <laughs> And we went away from it for a while with our the other stuff we're doing since we retired. But now we've gone back to that. Everything we do that we'll get to, I'm sure everything we do, we're now doing on the box again. They went back to it. Yeah, I can't even remember why we went away from it, but uh, I'm sure it was some fear of lack. You know, when you retire, yeah. you're not supposed to make as much money. I, I have to tell you that my financial situation is better now than it was when I was in practice. And not because I did the box. That, that worked really well. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think the concept of, um, a, of attachment is really important for students to learn because they're coming out of school and they're just, they're so, they're so focused on making the sale, which is what they're getting taught, where some of them are getting taught that they're not focused on what they're, well, they're healing. And, and, um, and, you know, that might be a phase for you because, you know, most of us use training wheels before we could ride a, a two-wheeler. Um, you know, just, 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 again, if you're holding the vision, then you know that you're going to take off those training wheels some days, <laughs> that they're not the thing. They're, <laughs> they're not the end-all, be-all. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking to ride that two-wheeler free and fast and down some steep hills and stuff, but, you know. <laughs> And you'll get there, but so, so we all have to take our steps. And again, that's great, that's fine, especially if that's the foundation. Yeah. So um, I read your biography online and it said um, that you, I love this, that you have given thousands, this touched me, um, the opportunity to embrace their gifts, pursue their dreams, and find the peace and wholeness that reside within us all and within all of us. And we, I think we already kind of touched on a lot of this, but the, the thing that hit me the most is nowhere in your um, biography or promotion said, did it say, did it mention um, headaches or back pain relief? So what do you think our profession would look like today 
if we taught that in school? <sighs> Stronger, um, more unique, more unified. Uh, I would, I, I know we would assume our rightful place as the leaders of this way of thinking. I am certain there'd be far less whining about other chiropractors and about patients not getting it. Mm -hmm. This don't ever say that around me. I'm warning you now. I mean, <laughs> students may not have experienced this, but this has been the, I have a feeling that when, you know, when it took three visits for Harvey Lillard's deafness to go away, uh, he was probably accusing him after two visits of not getting it. I mean, it's just like the most ridiculous excuse and it's held us back. It's just, as long as we have the patients to blame for not getting it, I guess that, you know, relieves us of the responsibility. Where are they going to get it? Where are they supposed to get it? And I have people, many, many people who, you know, they, they didn't get it to the point where they can recite it to me. They couldn't like, uh, they couldn't get a PhD dissertation on it or something, but they, they got it on the most important level. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think we would hear a lot less of that because we would get it. You know, we're the ones who need to get it. Mm -hmm. They'll get every, every step of my journey. People miraculously got smarter. I, I don't know how that was. I, I doubt they were getting smarter, but I have the feeling that when I finally arrived, they were like, hey, you know, congratulations, we've been waiting. You know, we, we've been here all along. And that's, what, that's how I feel. We, we, we dance around and we skirt around and we dilute and we weaken our position and we try to meet people where they are, which is not even where they are. <laughs> they're already there. They, they, you know, they're just waiting for us to say it. And all we got to do is say it and not say too much. So we talk them out of it. And it's easy. It's really easy when we're in that place. So I, I think it would change the profession a lot. And we'd still be helping a lot of people with back pain and headaches. There's, there's no doubt. But we'd be helping people with back pain and headaches because we'd be helping them. And when we help them, you know, back pain and headaches tend to get better. Isn't that true, guys? Absolutely. <laughs> Can you back me up on that one? <laughs> Quite. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope that they got what you said there, that we're helping people with. Mm -hmm. We are helping That's people with, yes. That's another thing you don't want to say, me or say around me. It's like, oh, I, I had a back pain case or a... Oh man, you had a mother or a grandmother or, mm -hmm. or, or somebody who's, you know, actually a human being that has a life and has fears and has difficulties and has, they're not a back and they're not a, they're not a pain. They might be, they might be <laughs> a bit of a pain, but uh, no, man, you're helping people with, and you don't have to worry about the with. <laughs> with what they need help with really, because first of all, they probably are not in the best position to tell you. And you certainly are in, in the best position to know. So why not practice chiropractic? Why not remove interference and allow 
what already knows, and in my opinion, is the only thing that could do something about it to operate with less interference. Why not? And then you get paid for that. Holy mackerel. <laughs> Doesn't get much better. No, does not get much better. But when I used to, you know, when I, when helping somebody's back was my thing and, you know, get a little surge of whatever when it happened. But, you know, then there was always the times where it didn't and all that kind of stuff, or it didn't happen according to my time frame, or, and, it, and then I'd go home with everybody's symptoms too, because that was my focus and that was my, <laughs> and I'd see 15 people in a day and I am, you know, my, I couldn't even slur two words together. I was so exhausted. And later when I was seeing 200 people a day and, you know, I was ready to go dancing at night. It's just, it's cool yeah. to rely on what knows. It's cool to rely on what actually does the healing. It is, it's just changes your energy completely. And you get to watch, you get to see, you get to witness, you get to yeah, hold, get to hold the space for people, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun, you get to have fun. It wasn't fun chasing symptoms around the room, for me anyway, it wasn't. No, I agree. Fun. Leads to burnout real quick. Yeah, so Sigafus used to joke about that. He'd talk to new graduates who were burnt out. You know, but I, <laughs> how long have you been at it? Six months? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I got it. You know, but I get it. They burnt out before they graduated, probably, from yeah. a lot of these same, you know, uh, sort of conscious or unconscious incongruities and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a lot yeah. of young, new grad, young, new grads that have the same thing and they're like frustrated and depressed. Yeah, and, so. Yeah, if, and you've been in practice six months. I know, well, I know, after six, I know after six months of starting my practice, I was burnt mm -hmm. out to some degree, so I can relate. That's it. And, you know, probably trying to get out from under staggering student loan debt and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yes, stressful. Yeah, I think I think it's also possible now that I said that to make money being a chiropractor, <laughs> to make money helping people to make money, you know, and you and you're allowed to have fees. You don't have to be not so like I was, but you, <clears throat> and you just see you know, one of the reasons I decided to do the boxes, there's not enough money to pay for it anyway. So how, who am I to determine what it's worth? I mean, the, the person who comes home and sees their child smiling for the first time, you know, four-year-old child or something, <sighs> empty your bank account, buddy. Cause uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's worth. Uh, you know, things that I saw, the, the people realizing their dreams, part of my mission, only got in there because I saw it all the time, all the time. People would tell me, you know, I, I had a lady who dealt 21 in Harris Tahoe for 35 years and had some wrist and, and neck issues, can you imagine? And <clears throat> she comes in one day, she was once a week forever person and, uh, she's like crying and she was this rock solid strong lady and uh, of course being a positive thinker i said what's wrong 
And she says, you don't understand. I, I just quit my job today. And, I'm, and I was not talked out of the fact that something was wrong because she's 58 years old or something. And I'm like, it's a pretty heavy thing to give up your job. She says, you don't understand, Dr. Stu. I've hated my job for 35 years. I have dreaded going to work every day for 35 years. Can you imagine? I said, well, I only went about three or four. <laughs> and that was more than enough for me. She says, I quit today. I am going to do finally what I've been doing as a hobby all along. She's now one of the most famous creative artists in this area. And after she got done crying, she looks at me, she says, I would never have had the courage to do this if I wasn't coming in here. Wow. And I said, yes, Robin, that was my stop the job you hate for 35 years and start doing what you love adjustment. <laughs> you, know, you wanna know which one it was? I, I would say that sarcastically because that reinforced for people, I don't, have, I don't have a headache adjustment. I don't have a low back adjustment. I don't have a change your life adjustment. I don't have a realize your dreams adjustment. I have an adjustment for one purpose. And we've covered it already. <laughs> and that's the real beauty about it because we have one profession, but you have, you know, and I've spoken to a lot of students who are disheartened. They've been in practice for a few years and they've literally said to me, I feel like I was sold a bill of goods. Like I have a garage full of Amway product and nobody wants it. And that's what I feel like chiropractic was to me. I paid for this school. I have half a million dollars in debt hanging over my head and I'm miserable and I need to get a job at Home Depot because my student loans are coming due. And they just need to make that shift to exactly what you're talking about to realize they can be in this, they don't have to change careers. They don't have to quit their job. They just have to change their mindset and their focus and realize what a gift they have. I absolutely agree. I just, just said that some people would probably choose to change careers even knowing yeah. that, but that's, but that's okay too. That's people need to do what they need to do. Yeah. They all yeah I think it's, I think it might be very freeing for some to find out that, yeah, you, you picked the right profession. You just didn't get all the information yet, you know? So right. uh, God, if you, if you're willing to like change careers at this point, put a 10th of that energy into finding out what chiropractic is mm -hmm. and making that shift of thinking. And I, you know, you may be very happy and you know, don't have to worry about the Amway products. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, there's something also to be said, I think, for transitioning, you know, having different purpose, a different purpose for your life throughout your life. You know, you and I had spoke about that. And that kind of leads me to, you know, the ne our next question that I had for you. And that is, um, you and Hillary have done a lot of amazing things for humanity, not just within the four walls of your practice. Um, well, what you. are some of the things that you guys are doing now? And is there anything that students that apply to students that they could participate in with you guys? Oh, yeah, I think pretty much everything we do, students can participate in it while we both coach. Mm -hmm. um, we, I do a podcast. It's called Stew on This. It has dashes between the two dashes between the three words if you're looking for it on Amazon or something. Mm -hmm. You won't find it without the dashes. It comes out every Sunday morning here. Um, I do a blog that's essentially a Facebook post on my, on Stu Bittman every week. My wife has a Facebook page called Everyday Wholeness and every three or four days she puts out something directly about what we've been talking about, I might add. And then we started doing a bunch of online gathering things. So every Tuesday, 
we have a free online gathering. It's about 25 minutes. It's about 10 minutes of me talking about stuff like this. And then my wife, Hillary, leads everybody in a meditation to drive it a little deeper into their bones, so to speak. So I could provide the link for you guys for that because it's free and we can fit 100 people and we were, you know, generally have about 12 so far. We just had our ninth, we call it the warrior circle. So we had our ninth one today. Um, and on the last Sunday of the month, we're doing a, a longer virtual gathering on Zoom. It's called the Path of Most Resilience. So take off on something BJ said about the path of least resistance is what makes rivers and men crooked. You might have to think about that later. Um, so we turned that around and said that the path, path of most resilience is what allows us to be strong and to cope with especially what's going on in the world right now. And so uh, that we ask for a love offering for in order to get the Zoom link. So all this is all over Facebook. Uh, if you look at my page, you'll find a lot of reference to these things. I can believe that. Can we put the link at the end of our podcast, John? Is that possible? Absolutely. Or if you I will do that. that. We can share that at the end of our. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Technology guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Knows how to do that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm coming around. <laughs> I'm encouraged that BJ would have been all over the technology if he was. Oh man, uh, there, there's no doubt about it. Sure. And it's cool. It's cool that we can still reach people with our. In fact, in fact, it's never been a better time to reach people with our message. Let's just get clear on what the message is. That's key. So, with that, if you could give chiropractic students just one piece of advice, I mean, you've given a lot of great information here, shared your heart what would you say to a chiropractic student who's just looking for direction, looking for help or hope? What would you just say to them in one succinct if possible sentence or paragraph? Well, the first thing I'd say is congratulations. You're in the greatest profession on earth. You, you uh, whether you stumbled into it or not, here you are. <laughs> so I, I, I suppose uh, in addition to the things I'd say, because I'm, I'm going to repeat the one about just, just establish, again, the principle, the idea, the biggest idea that you can grasp at this point as your starting point and, and grow into it. That, that, that would be my advice. Don't get too caught up in how. Don't get too caught up in technique, you know, master and practice the techniques that you're learning, but I could almost guarantee you your technique's going to evolve. It's going to change. Don't, so I guess my advice is get more focused right now on the why than on the how. Because as John Martini used to say, when the why is big enough, the hows take care of themselves. And we got, the big, we got the biggest why there is, folks. Absolutely. There is not a bigger why. There's not a bigger idea. There isn't that I know of. Agreed. So embrace it. Embrace it. You know, make it an intention to make it your life unfolding to grow into alignment with that, you know, instead of, as Sigafus used to say, instead of changing chiropractic to suit who we are, let's think about align, you know, changing ourselves a little bit to get ourselves into alignment with the biggest idea there is. Amen. Love it.
Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah, we could. We could. I already I already see it's longer than the first seven episodes, I believe. <laughs> so if duration is any sign of quality, obviously this was, this was good. I was gonna say, when it's good, it's good, man. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Stu, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So doing this. Mm. this huge blessing. Uh, yes, this indeed. Huge it blessing. is. Huge blessing, not only to our profession, but to humanity. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you because, uh, and I really appreciate that because especially this past year, it almost seems like, um, no matter what I do, it's not enough. But I, I, I have run to that feeling before and I just want to, if anybody else is in that boat, let me assure you that the most we can do is the most we can do. And that every little bit helps and every little bit matters and every little bit makes a difference. So let's not get overwhelmed with the size of the task. Exactly, it's all okay. cumulative and we are snowballing That's right. together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coolness. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you All right. so much, John. You want to wrap us up? Yeah, I just, again, just like Nicole said, I really want to thank you, Stu. This was fantastic to hear. And I really look forward to students listening to this, learning from it and reaching out to you because you have so much to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love to be taken advantage of. So, <laughs> so go, go right ahead. Use me. Use me. I'm here to be used for sure. Here to so, serve. Why don't you, Stu, do you have my email? Yes. All right, I'm going to so send it. Should I put it in? The, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get off here and get the link from some other place. So, okay. I'll send it to you by email for sure. Yep, sounds good. And then we'll edit everything. Well, John will edit everything. <laughs> I'll then, put your okay. information in there and we'll be good to go. May I send you a podcast link too? Please. Okay. I'll put it all in. You got 12 anything pages you of want links. People that have access to send the links and I'll just put that on the last page and everyone will have access. Beautiful. Beautiful. And thank you guys. You're Thank you for helping to create the kind of world that we all want to live in. And I yeah, thank truly you. appreciate who you are and what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. Keep thank on you. keeping on. Yeah. That's what we do. All right. Okay. All right. Bye guys. I'm going to take care. Sign off. Okay. Uh, great. Great to meet you, John. Same here. See you, Nicole. You. I, I won't be at New Beginnings this time. I'm not making it this time either, but well, I'll see you soon. Good. I, I hope so. Tahoe. Maybe that's in my near future. Yeah. We'll yeah. Grab it. Grab Anita and go on out. Oh my <laughs> God. She'd come in and see it. That's where Angel, that's where Angel saw snow for the first time was here in Tahoe. Wow. Really? He was, he was, you know, it was within a year of him first bursting on the scene anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That would be awesome. That would be great. Just let me know. All right. Cool. Okay. All right, See gentlemen. you soon. Take care. Bye now. Right. Take care. Bye.